So just a couple of minutes early here because I uh, wanted to get a little bit of McCray Hepler's time. McCray joins me via the telephone. Hi, McCray. How are you this morning? McCray, you there? Yep, I'm here. Hey, okay, McCray. How you doing this morning? Sorry. Um, I don't know why. It took me to some pharmacy before or something. Sorry huh. about that. Oh, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Let's talk uh, just a minute about uh, what's happening in southern Utah. You got any big news for us? Any uh, new places opening up or things we need to be aware of? Um, let me uh, – I'm. is there anything in any particular that you're uh, – sorry for my – I had a bunch of things – all come together this morning at the same time. I know, and I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes. I know that uh, it's one of those uh, deals where uh, you have a business, you do all this uh, important stuff, but uh, uh, we do like yeah. to get the updates from you. And, and we do appreciate your, uh, what is it, every other week, I guess, now you've got the newsletters coming out? Yeah, yeah, once a month I do the newsletter, and then okay. I try for once a once a week video on different parts of town. The, the latest one I did, there's been a few, there's actually been a couple in the last week, but one of the uh, videos I did recently was out in Desert Color. Uh, so Big Shots is actually making really good progress. They're shooting for the end of, I think, either June or July, somewhere in that area. Oh, right when uh, it gets hot, huh? <laughs> yeah, but if you haven't seen it, it's it's a sweet, uh, awesome uh, golf experience that I think is going to be really, really popular here for sure. Now, is this the one that is indoor and it's it's a simulated golf, or is this an outdoor one? No, it's an outdoor one. It's oh. a big outdoor facility. Uh, they have two levels of bays, basically. Oh, okay, where yeah. You, it, it's like Top Golf. A lot of people are familiar with Top Golf, right? Uh, where you, it's a big driving range, but it's it's game uh, simulated in a way. They've got food and drinks, and really just like an entertainment space for for people that. Both like to, that are golfers, but also people mm-hmm. that just want to have fun. You know, want to have fun playing some golf. They have a bunch of different simulated games. And, and, and so where should be should be really cool. And where is this going to be located at? So this is in Desert Color, just off oh, okay. Exit Two, uh, down across from uh, Sun River. First thing you see coming into St. George now. So it, it seems like a perfect fit for this community to have something like that because it does get hot and if you can be, I know it's not indoors but it's a, I'm sure more of a controlled shaded environment and you still yeah. get the golf experience without actually having to walk around in the 110 degrees. Yes, correct. That is true. So good good fit for this community. Anything else that you're aware of? Um, and other than that, I mean, staying on the golf topic actually, you did mention some indoor simulator uh uh, places. There's a few of those actually that have uh, recently opened. Mm-hmm. The, the one I've I've been a few times over to Black Tea Golf Club, which is a private. It's a simulator. They have two bays. They and basically you have a membership. It's 24 seven access, and wow. you just have a fob on your phone where you you can unlock and lock the door. And no no kidding. Pay a, yeah, you pay a monthly membership, and you can go in and play. You can go in and play. I think there's like a hundred different courses. Uh, you can. There's a shot analysis that you know shows you what's wrong with your swings. Yeah, mine's mine's terrible. I was going to say but, I'd probably overload their computer for if if I tried uh, to do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it's cool because they actually have it's a TrackMan and they have Black Desert, which is the new Entrada course that's being built. Wow. They actually have that on there that you can play. Uh, Birdies also is, and that one's downtown. It's just off of. Um, 
the boulevard and 200 west i believe it's right next to metcalf mortuary okay and then also downtown is birdie's golf lounge which is similar but it's more of a pay-as-you-go um like i liken it to like a like you pay for an hour uh and you go in so it's not necessarily it's it's not necessarily like a private membership and then the back nine is over by um you went to golf in, in next to stadium 10 uh-huh. and that's kind of, that's the same kind of thing so these simulating the simulator golf little lounges are getting getting pretty popular it's a pretty cool concept well especially if you know it's august 10th and it's uh, you know the high for the day is 108 and the low is 97 yeah. it sounds like yeah. air conditioning would be the way to go so exactly well cray i know you gotta go you got a big meeting coming up in just a couple of minutes but i, I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes with us here on the andy griffin show yeah no thank you andy and again i uh sorry for the the uh this morning <laughs> yeah no worries no worries we'll make it work that i was able to get on for a few minutes and we'll talk to you next month all right take care mccray hepler thanks andy thank you with eagle gate title but also a guy who keeps his finger on the pulse of southern utah we'll continue we've got jack hunter in the house colonel is here we'll get to that in just a minute Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU. Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy Griffin. Again, we had a little kind of a intro segment with McCray Hepler. Thanks to McCray for spending a couple of minutes. He had a couple, a couple of high-powered meetings today, and he just kind of felt like he needed to, well, not kind of, he needed to be at those meetings. So we had him on a little bit early, and now uh, we're ready for the rest of the program. And I'm happy to welcome into the studio with me today, Jack Hunter. Jack is uh, here. He's a colonel, or a retired colonel. And Jack, you got to get by that microphone, or we're not going to be able to hear you. You can lift it up a little bit if you need it to be a little higher for you. There you go. There we go. How you doing, man? Good, good to see good. you. Good, Thank you. Good. Great to be here. Good to see you, Thanks Andy. Thanks for coming on the show. Jack runs the uh, Western, I always get it, the, the words in the wrong order, uh, so I'm, I'm going to let you. Western, Western Sky, Sky Aviation Warbird Museum. It's Aviation a mouthful. Warbird. It's a real mouthful. I, I, I always want to go Western <laughs> Air Sky Aviation. <laughs> Something Arabia. like that. Yeah, so do you, uh, so everybody else. Western <laughs> Sky Aviation, Aviation Warbird, Warbird Museum. Museum. Okay, got it. it. Uh, And what that is, is uh, we've all been out to the airport. I was actually out to the airport this morning. I dropped my uh, daughter off to head off on a mission. Oh, wonderful. Uh, So it's kind of a little bit melancholy day today because I'm not going to see her for a little while. But uh, if you go just past the airport, instead of turning into the terminal, you just go just past it. Uh, Pretty much the next road you come to is uh, you turn off and there is the uh, museum. And you guys have... Some pretty amazing aircraft out there. Now, before we talk about your aircraft, let's talk about you a little bit, Jack. You were a uh, colonel in the Air Force. Right. You were a pilot? Well, I started to be, but then good old Air Force decided that when Minuteman came on board, missiles Uh and SAC, I got to be a missile launch commander. Wow. ICBM stuff and everything. So I didn't get to fly like I wanted to do. But I got to uh, got to be in the sack and an ICBM launch commander, which was that. That seems like a lot of pressure, kind of a job. Yeah, I was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like as I went. I wouldn't fly. Yeah. I wanted to be by, but yeah. I down a missile silo down there, and you know, mm-hmm. hundred feet under the ground, really with keys for you know. I had ten missiles, and 
and uh, all this kind of stuff. And SAC really made it difficult anyway. It was not a fun job. But, hmm. but, and, uh, and you, so you had to go to work. You were literally 100 feet underground? Yeah, that's something like that. Yeah, wow. blast doors and all this kind of good stuff in the launch control center. In, in, in yeah, the dark. Was, yeah, it was. Where like, was this at? In California? If he, no, I grew up in Wyoming. Guess where wow. they sent me? If he wore an Air Force Base, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Cheyenne, Wyoming. <laughs> you went a long <laughs> way. It was a way. Yeah, wow. it was exciting. Exciting. Then I, I, uh, I decided that after my four years, you know, being a launch commander, and and uh, when they sat came over and says, uh, "What are you going to do?" You know, they, the briefing team came in and set us all down because yeah. our four years was up. Here's our new, here's your new assignments. I says, "Good. I want to go to Vietnam. I want to go fly." Wow. They says, "No, we're going to send you to Minot to be a missile launch uh, maintenance officer." Like, I, I says, don't want to do no, that. I want to no, fly. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. So I got up and then I went in the reserves and I spent the the rest of my time in the reserves and then, and uh, I was at thirty years in the Air Force. I loved it. I went and stuff. Yes. But uh, I've been all over the world in the reserves, everywhere and hmm. with the reserves. And then I was the uh, group commander of the four nineteenth fighter wing at Hill Air Force Base when I retired. So wow, what was, a, what a what a great career! It, it was fun. It was fun. You finally got to got to fly. You got your dream there. For well, a while. I, yeah, it was just logistics more than anything. So really, yeah. So. I know you can fly now. I've seen yeah. you up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I wish I could fly more, but you know, jet fuel's getting to be a little expensive now. Yeah, <laughs> if it's anything like the gas I put in my car, <laughs> yeah. which I guess it's similar, then uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how in the world anybody can even afford to put a plane in the air. Well, those MIGs burn three hundred gallons an hour, and so wow. Yeah, we used to buy fuel. They they give us a good price out the airport there. Then about three dollars a gallon, a little bit less sometimes. Now you know double that. So that MIG's flying about four or five thousand an hour. So I don't get to go fly it every day. Wow. I mean, if you think about it, you say they burn how much gallons? 300 gallons an hour. 300 gallons an hour. So if you went up for 10 minutes, <laughs> you're talking about you're still 500 gallons <laughs> at 3 bucks a, a gallon. Yeah, if you, if, if you could get it. If you get a great price. price. Yeah, there's there's 1500 bucks just like that. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. And that's just fuel. That has nothing to do with being, you know, the maintenance, the maintenance and and insurance yeah. and all this kind of good stuff. So now, let's talk a little bit about the history of your Warbird Museum. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know we've talked about this before in the show, but I think it's been a couple of years. And so I kind of maybe we've been giving some people an idea, especially some of the newer listeners, an idea of how this place came to be, because it's kind of an unusual story. It, it, it really is. I, I came down. I was up to Utah State University. They wanted me to. Uh, I was flying Life Flight out of Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, they called and says a friend of mine up there was in the Air Force with me, the reserves, and called and says we we need somebody to get this aviation program going up at Utah State University. Okay, and, how long ago was this? Oh, geez, I mean, hundred years ago. Just, <laughs> I know it wasn't you know, that. It was a long time ago. <laughs> but anyway, and I says, well, well, okay, I you know I've, I've flown eleven years of life flight, and it's a wonderful job and stuff, but it's time. It's time to let somebody else go, you know, scare themselves to death flying and stuff. And, and we're talking life flight jet, right? Not, no, not, I still, not a yeah, helicopter. I the MU-2, the Mitsubishi and the Learjet and stuff. Okay. And, uh, but that's back in the good old days when you had the old equipment, not the new stuff. Hmm. And we were flying, you know, approaches in Montana and stuff like that, down minimums and stuff with Loran. Not GPS. Not no all GPS. that good fun stuff with the moving maps and everything. The moving wow. map you had, it, you know, so... Uh, it was a wonderful, you know, flying everything. I flew a lot of the primary kids and stuff. I mean, it was it was very, very rewarding, but it was time. And, yeah. and I said, yeah, I'll come up there and do that. So I went up there and did that, and I stayed there for quite a few years. And SkyWest Airlines called and says, hey, uh, we need a safety manager you know, down here, flight safety. And would you, you know, come down? I said, yeah, if you want to pay me what the university pays me. Yeah, I'll, uh, come, to, and, I'll and, come here. And so. b- before that, I, I was thinking that now I went to you. I graduated from Utah State. Right. right. Uh, 
You, and I, I, haven't been to, I haven't lived in Wyoming, but the winters in Logan are not forgiving. And I'm trying to think, a pilot in Logan, I mean, aren't there times when you can't even fly because of the, the, the snow and ice absolutely. and cold? Absolutely. You know, you get a lot of moisture there and stuff yeah. like that. And you get the, you know, you get the, the fog and all this kind of stuff. Bad weather right there in that valley. Of course, you know, yeah. Cache Valley, what it is like. We thought at one time that we would move the operation down here to okay. St. George for the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have, you know, Utah State University extension, extension down here. Yeah. Why not just come down and fly out of here? And uh, we were really considering it. And uh, so, I, you know, I left before they, they decided. To, they never did do it. But, mm. yeah, there was times we couldn't fly. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and it was really sad that we can't get out there and, and fly and everything like that. But. I, I, uh, one of my memories, and not a good one, of, of Logan was uh, my wife, bless her heart. It's her birthday today, by oh, the way. Happy good. birthday, Shelly. Happy but, birthday. Uh, uh, one night, uh, I had a I had an evening class. It got over. It was like six to eight, so it was you know dead of winter in Cache Valley, and uh, my wife was going to pick me up after my class. Well, I don't know if she had a meeting or she forgot or what happened, but uh, class got out. Everybody went out. They locked up the building, so we had to be outside. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm standing there up on campus, right at the mouth of that canyon, with the winds blowing down there, and it's got to be minus ten if it's anything. And yeah. and my sweet wife forgot about me and i i it doesn't matter how many clo- how many pairs of uh, underwear oh, you have or how many sweaters or jackets or whatever you have when it's that cold you, oh, oh man, man. Yeah. i ended up actually walking into town oh no finding a coffee shop to just to warm up a little bit <laughs> Got the bluebird there yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think bluebird was closed but yeah was it was like something like that closed. yeah well yeah, yeah i've uh, yeah, it's been some really cold but it's a cold place and i and i swear though you've never been cold until you lived in wyoming at yeah time. the worst huh oh my heavens I, <laughs> and i grew up in cameron wyoming a lot uh-huh. of people go, well where's cameron wyoming first jc penny store and <laughs> really? I, and when i was in junior high i was a stock boy uh-huh. after school and on weekends a stock boy for jc penny and i knew jc penny Really? Yeah, he put his the actual penny guy. the man. He yeah. put his arm around me, say, "Son, how are you doing?" Stuff like that. So, huh. yeah, that's that's what Cameron's famous for because you know it's a mining and, and coal and, and, yeah. and railroad industry place and everything. Okay, but, well, I apologize, I interrupted. Okay, you're at Utah State. You're uh, you're yeah. teaching aviation, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and SkyWest wants you down here. Yes. Okay, continue. Please. So so then I said yes. Okay, they want to pay me. They they, they pay me. Mm-hmm. So I moved down here and everything and. Uh, and so I came down here and then up the old airport, everything. I, you know, I still hill, loved airplanes yeah. and everything like that, being with SkyWest. And, and uh, a friend called me from California and says, hey, I've got a MiG-15 that hmm. I would like to donate to you. you know, and, uh, Just out of the blue. Yeah, because he had uh, been friends for quite a while. And he says, hmm. well, unfortunately, he was dying of cancer. Yeah. He says, I don't want to see the airplane destroyed and everything. And I said, well, why don't you sell it? I mean, it's worth a considerable amount. And he said, no, I'm going to give it to you. He didn't need the money. He didn't need the money. No, he didn't need the money, and yeah. uh, he had no money to give to anybody because he was, you know, a single guy. So, anyway, I, we went down there and got the airplane that <laughs> at the airport. And then one guy walked in and says, "Well, why don't you put do a museum, you know, five hundred one C three charity museum, so you can get airplanes donated to you." I said, "Well, you know, that sounds a great idea, but now I've got to have an air hangar and I've got to have mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff and and everything." So. I started doing that, and uh, then it snowballed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just got crazy, and 
And uh, we had you know real good time at the old airport. I loved the old airport. It was a good place. And so, was the museum open at the old airport? Oh yes, wasn't yeah. Because okay, I had, honestly yeah. I didn't hear about it until I started doing this show, and you mm-hmm. called me one time and said, "Hey, yeah. come check us out." And I instantly fell in love with your museum. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was an old building on the airport there that that, mm-hmm. that was was donated to us. And we had a, we had, had I bought a hangar from from a guy up there, and then we had the airplanes in there, and then it started, and then. Then uh, uh, we just started advertising, donate your airplane for tax advantages and mm-hmm. stuff. And so that's how it started. Really? Wow. And uh, so we got. And it we started got, with a, a Chinese MiG. It is a Chinese. It's, it's a Russian course. Uh, I hate to say Russian right now, but it's a yeah. Russian MiG 15, Korean War. But this is Chinese built. And it's got the bullet holes in it and stuff. And the wow. gun, it's got the original guns on it. So it's, it's kind of a special airplane. Yeah, absolutely. So, airplane. so that started it all. And it flies still. It's It still works. It's, it's a flyable airplane, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't fly it as much as we do the trainer, the, the uh, MiG-15 UTI, which is the two-place. Mm-hmm. We fly that a lot. So Unbelievable that we have the, these kinds of things right here yeah. in, in St. George. Tell us a little bit about how many airplanes you have, uh, maybe a couple of them that really stick out that people would go, wow, really? Well, uh, we got 11 airplanes. 11? And... Okay. Uh, it seems like we have more and stuff. I just don't have the facilities. Uh, I have nobody that wants to give me a million dollars to build a hangar nowadays. So. so they'll give you an old plane, but they won't <laughs> give you money. <laughs> they won't give me a million dollars for, <laughs> for a hangar. And uh, so we got some really special airplanes. Uh, of course, the MiG special. Uh, this Chinese one, not, there isn't any other ones that I know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also have another very special airplane. Yeah, it's, an, uh, it's a Cessna build airplane, but it's the predecessor to the A-10 Mm-hmm. And it's the, Which you know, the Warhawk. It's, yeah, right? it's yeah. the A37. It's okay. it's it's our fighter version of the of the T37, which is a trainer we have. But this is this is also a very special airplane because, as to our knowledge, there's plenty in museums and plenty around everything. But flying, this is the one, the only one that we know of in the world that flies. Really? Yeah, yeah. And there could be other ones we don't know of, but to our knowledge, this is the only one we know it's flying. And we fly it. In fact, it's going to fly tomorrow. Uh, really? And uh, but it's special. Yeah. And so that people can see that airplane. And, and it's Vietnam. Come out of Vietnam. It's got the Vietnam paint and everything on it. Another thing that's a little special is because this airplane was captured and also, and we've and flown by uh, the adversary and stuff, and it was recaptured back. Because we got the airplane, obviously, it gets captured back. But we've got the pictures wow. of the people that, that borrowed the airplane. Actually, photographs of those people that. By borrowed, you don't mean borrowed. No. They're the ones that captured, captured the airplane. Wow, and we got their photographs. So, and I'm guessing the only way they can capture an airplane is either shoot it down and hope it's still intact, or maybe it has some engine well, trouble think, and, and lands. Well, they overran base, is what they've done. Oh, okay. Uh, so when the uh, North Vietnamese were, you know, fighting, and they overran them, they were they were flying the airplanes, and then they wow. just they just took the airplane and did, flew it, and then they were captured back. So, did they know? Do you think they had knowledge enough to fly something like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah? absolutely. Yeah, they were. They were not bad pilots, so hmm. they flew it. We got pictures of them flying and things. So. Wow. So it's incredible. It's, it's, kind of it's a credible airplane. It's a beautiful, beautiful airplane. So that's kind of a special airplane. And then we got, you know, the Yak-52 and some of the other ones and a little beautiful airplane that um, the SkyWest uh, head of maintenance program here had built and everything. It's a 1927 Pete and Pole German oh, yeah. design airplane. Seen You've one. seen the little Pete yeah. and Pole, Annie. Uh, Gary uh, built that airplane and donated to the museum. So that's a little special airplane. But, so we do have some, and then British Provost. And then, of course, we got the Air Force airplanes that we got. I got out of Hill because as a commander there, I got mm-hmm. I knew people 
or I would have never got those airplanes. But, right. You know, the F-5, the T-38, and the T-37. So. Well, we want to invite people uh, next week, of course, but let's talk about just, just on a permanent basis. Mm-hmm. The museum is there, folks. It's not like... It's only open one week a year. So it's it's open all the time. Uh, you can go by and see some of these amazing aircraft. Uh, the ones you're talking about in Vietnam, probably, what, 60 years old at this point or 50 oh, yeah. maybe? Yeah, well, we've got one real special airplane that we just got last week, and it's a big airplane. It's, right. you know, it's a big C-54. It's a four-engine airplane that uh, it's 1942. Now, where are you going to put that thing, by the way? It's oh, huge. It's huge. Well, we got it stuff in the corner right now, but it, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's got a lot of history to it also. But mm-hmm. a lot of people have probably heard of Gail Halverson, you know, yeah. the, the candy, the candy bomber. bomber. Yeah. That airplane flew. Just passed away. Just, just a few passed away, ago, unfortunately. Yeah. We, we wish we'd have got the airplane prior to him passing away because we wanted him to be dedicate the airplane. And that airplane flew in the Berlin airlift. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't know if he flew it. We're going to have to go back through the logbooks and everything. But he could have because that airplane did fly the Berlin airlift. So that's kind of a real special airplane we've got right now. So it's the, a big can- airplane. Candy bomber story basically uh, it was when it was when the, uh, the basically we had won the war at that point, right? Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. they were dropping some supplies in, and, and uh, Gail Halverson said, you know, these little kids they haven't had candy probably for maybe their whole lives. Right. And so he he literally went around gathering, collecting candy from the GIs and and dropped candy on the kids. Yeah, and dropped they, on little parachutes and stuff, yeah. and then he ended up as a candy bomber. bomber. Very, great very man. Cool he was really a great man. From, right? from Midway, Utah. Yeah, nice person. Really yeah. super. So we're going to kind of uh, fix the airplane up and dedicate it. You know, the airplane... Everybody probably seen the Ice Pilots Buffalo Airways. That's a Buffalo Airways airplane that that was brought to us, and they, they gave us permission to to convert that airplane back and make it, you know, for Gal, Gail Haverson, kind of a memorial type thing. If we want to do that, so, very very cool. So it's kind of kind of a fun little project and stuff we got going. But like I say, the museum's open. We're open on Wednesday through Saturdays because volunteers. I got phenomenal volunteers. Right. Really, really outstanding people. But I don't have enough. And so we can only really could use more volunteers. Of course, always, you know, stuff. And and the volunteers, like I say, I have, I got, they're just the best of the world. But Mm -hmm. you always need, you know, because unfortunately people die of cancer. And we had three deaths last year in cancer in one airplane accident. But, you know, that's that's part of life. But we just need more people. So, and and, uh, when we have things like this coming up, we, uh, you know, we certainly need help and things. So. When when I was uh, my wife and I went to San Diego last year mm-hmm. and I got to tour the USS Midway the oh, yeah, the yeah. aircraft carrier saw all the incredible uh, uh, aircraft on on that and honestly as I'm up up there I'm thinking you know these are really cool airplanes and they really were the aircraft were, were incredible uh, but I was saying we we have some pretty darn cool ones back at home too right. it's yeah. not an aircraft carrier you know right. nowhere to put it here obviously <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's pretty cool that we have this kind of resource here mm-hmm. all right jack you have a special event coming up you want to tell us a little bit yes, about we it we do it every year and we do it we, it's we call it the armed forces uh, celebration mm-hmm. and we do it because it's armed forces uh, next week and uh, and we all starting monday Pray for beautiful weather, no wind. You know, at least common. Where we've got our B seventeen coming back, the B twenty five, and my friends bringing these P fifty one, and we got the really? Blue Angel T thirty three coming. Mustang, Mustang, nice. And my friends bringing these Blue Angel T thirty three, so we'll have those here, and people can come out and see them. Uh, they belong to the uh, Commander of Air Force. They're not our airplanes. I wish they were. I wish I could afford a B seventeen, but <laughs> there's only five in the world that's flying. 
and this is one of them. And you can you can you can purchase rides on that and the B twenty five. Again, this is all separate, and you can tour those airplanes also. But then it's a little. There's a different price for that. We're, we're charging six dollars for people to come in, and that just helps the museum survive yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Maintain but, the aircraft. But, but they're they're a separate outfit, so they they charge the, you know for going on the airplanes. But we got a special deal going, and it's thanks to the the commemorative Air Force out of uh, Tucson, Arizona, or I mean uh, Mesa. And uh, on Monday, when those airplanes come in, veterans can come out and see those airplanes coming at 11 o'clock on Monday. They can come out. So and, they can listen to my and, show and then head and, on out there. No, you get to come out there and do your show out there <laughs> because we all the media is invited to, okay. to see those airplanes come in. The veterans get to tour those airplanes and everything free. Nice. And you come, come into the museum free. It's a free day for veterans on Monday. So, you know, bring your, bring your it's, you've got to be a veteran and then a wife, of course, or, or a spouse. And uh, that that is with us, uh, yeah, museum and with Commander Air Force doing that. We're providing that for free for the veterans. Very cool. Then what, on what, the, eleven o'clock. Eleven o'clock, okay. they're coming in, so they you know they can come a little early. So we're going to be open about nine or so, and they can come and see those airplanes coming. Then tour them free. I mean, they can see those airplanes free, climb mm-hmm. all over America, all kinds of stuff. Some of them maybe even flew in one of those at one point. That could have been during their career. So. You know, I'm amazed when I, I flew the B-17 last year when it was here. You know, the year before, I guess COVID, but. Uh, I just think there was 19-year-old kids flying these things in combat. Unbelievable. You imagine going, you know, going to, off to Germany and stuff and never knowing you're coming home. Most of them didn't. So it's just amazing to be in that airplane. Yeah, so it's a, it, it's a special, special airplane to have here. Is that the one with the tail gunner bubble? It is. Uh, that's, that's the guy that sits back there. That, that, that was, <laughs> you know, as, as I toured the airplanes and, uh-huh. and stuff last time we had this, uh, I... I was so impressed with the idea that a guy would crawl into very small space. It couldn't be. I could, I wouldn't fit in there. Yeah, I, no, I, no, I, I couldn't. couldn't well, you could put me in. You'd never get me out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. uh, uh, but knowing what he was about to embark on, mm-hmm. and knowing that probably if you're if you're an enemy aircraft approaching from behind. They probably want to take you out first, <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, yeah. knowing that you, you, I don't think they can even let themselves out, right? They're like kind of jammed oh, think, and yeah, stuck in there. Oh, that's really tight back there. I, I was surprised too when I seen that. Yeah, I, I just saw that and I thought, who, Oof. who in the right mind would do that? And yet these guys were doing it in yeah. in defense of, of oh, their country, oh, sure. of freedom. Well, and the other one's the ball turn guy underneath. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean that. I mean, you got to have a lot of you know courage yeah. to be doing that kind of stuff. For but, sure. For but sure. wonderful to have these airplanes, and it's nice to have those guys bring those airplanes up here for us and stuff, so people can see these aircraft. And again, uh, you know, uh, and then on Tuesday we're having what they call. Uh, we also have some veterans coming in for a special presentation for the Cold War veterans on uh, on Tuesday and stuff, so they can come and see that. But they're right. going to be here all week long. My dad is one of those, by the way, Cold sure. War veteran. He's welcome to come out, yeah. Cold War veterans, absolutely. So come out, you know, and, and, and see the airplanes and stuff like that. And if you're a veteran, on uh, on Monday you're free coming in on that. And on Tuesday, if you're getting an award, you're free also. Uh, and then so uh, we'll be here all week, and they're going to give tours all week in the airplanes. And our museum will be open all week also to see our all the displays and stuff that we do have. And so... Uh, you know, please come out and see that. And then on Saturday night, we have a very special event that we have every year. Yeah, I've been to yeah. this. It's yeah. awesome. And I've got your tickets. Don't let me forget to get Okay. Tickets. The we, Hanger Dance. 1940 Hanger Dance. Oh, yeah. And then we have a wonderful 18-piece orchestra. Nice. They are a phenomenal orchestra. 
And so, you know, it's the 1940s. It's swing. It's the swing 1940s dance. Mm-hmm. So dress up in your swing dance, go 1940s costume, and in your military uniform if you've got and everything. We have the World War II vets there. They're, that and the Korean War vets are free. They come to this thing. And, and so, uh, you know, tickets are going. We, if you want a tickets, you need to need to get called. And, and, uh, and uh, I can give you a phone number to call and, and get your schedule for the tickets. Well, let me read that right now. 435, and then it's 229 229- Four nine eight five. Yes, sir. Two two nine forty nine eighty five for uh, tickets to the hangar dance, which right. is a, a week from Saturday. Yes. What are we about? To, what eleven days from now, or, or something like that? Uh, live band refreshments. Uh, I, as I recall, we had a, a costume contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter and I had both kind of dressed up in, in costume and, and got to participate in that. Although we didn't, we shouldn't have won. There was there were some pretty amazing people that were dressed up like yeah, it was 1940. Phenomenal, isn't it? So, uh, and and it's just a, it's just a good time. You can dance. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not even a dancer. You just go and listen to the music. It's oh, phenomenal. Those guys are tremendous. Tremendous orchestra. And uh, it's just a fun time. It's a good time to come and, and, and dance and enjoy yourself and stuff. So. I think it's twenty dollars. Uh, tickets are twenty dollars in advance, twenty five right. at the door. Right. Uh, but uh, just just a good time, and it's literally a hangar dance. It takes place in the in hangar. The hangar. <laughs> in the hangar. <laughs> it's not like it's a hangar dance, but it's in a church gymnasium. No, this <laughs> yeah. is a real hangar. It's a real hangar. Yeah, real just hangar. like just like back in nineteen forties and World War Two. That's exactly what it is, and stuff. Just just kind of fun nostalgic type things and 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 we've had really good participation and you know we sell out of those crazy things because you know people love that dance they like to you know it's not only roller people last year we had a lot of college kids come to the dance and they just love to do the swing yeah the swing dance and, and, and i think i think i saw in here something about dance lessons too in there yeah, they, do about, yeah, to do they, they do come here about you know six o'clock at night and stuff they'll they'll, they'll you know do some dance lessons the uh uh you know how to swing and stuff like that. This this is kind of fun. Even if you have two left feet, they yes, can teach yes, you. Huh? Yes. All right, okay. he's Jack Hunter again. The it is the Western Aviation Western Sky. Aviation. Western Sky. I always do that, Jack. <laughs> I cannot remember the sky. Western Sky Aviation Warbird Museum. Yes, sir. Out there, uh, right next to the airport. Uh, Jack, thanks for coming in for a few minutes. Oh, it's and, been wonderful. And, and talking about uh, what's happening. Uh, I'm going to be there at the hangar dance, and uh, I'll have to bring my dad by and, and on Armed Forces. The first day, Monday, is Monday. when Monday. when the media and mm-hmm. the veterans are in yes. for, are allowed in for free. So. Yes, yes. Very cool. Thank you, Come Jack. Come and do it. Thanks, great, bud. Great I, I appreciate you. you. Thank you a lot. Happy Tuesday morning. Yeah. I'm Andy. Beautiful weather today. Uh, kind of a, a weird little—I don't know. I don't want to say melancholy. I'm not sad, but weird little day for me. Uh, it is my wife's birthday. Love that. My wife's an amazing person. I'm lucky to have her. Uh, at the same time, today was also the day that uh, my church, the church that I'm a, a firm believer in, uh, decided that they needed to ship my daughter out uh, to serve a two-year mission, well, my 18-month mission. And uh, so we took her to the airport very early this morning and uh, watched the plane fly away, uh, uh, St. George's Salt Lake, Salt Lake to Mexico City. She'll spend four weeks in Mexico City, and then uh, the next... Uh, I don't know, 16-plus months in a place called Antofagasta, Chile, or Chile, as they say there. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I 
was not surprised. In fact, I kind of expected my sons to go on missions. I never did expect my daughter to go on a mission. And uh, when she decided she wanted to do that, I was obviously very supportive of her. But uh, I was hoping, don't tell her this, and she can't hear me, obviously. She's on an airplane right now. But I was kind of hoping, you know, Boise or <laughs> Clark County or, I don't know, Utah Mission, something like that. But, uh, yeah, she's going to be 5,000 miles away. Daddy can't come to the rescue when little girl's 5,000 miles away. That's going to be that's gonna be a tough deal. Um, but uh, I'm proud of her, and I'm happy that she's uh, made that choice, and I think she's going to come back a better person. Uh, I think a lot of people have a hard time understanding why uh, people go on missions, uh, no matter what church it is. And uh, I still am a firm believer in the American, uh, not the American, the, the human spirit, the, the the spirit inside of us that makes us want to help other people. I think there's no place in the world right now that has more human spirit than St. George, Utah. We saw the literally thousands of volunteers, and not just the volunteers, the fans that turned out to cheer on uh, the Ironman athletes. Uh, and, and the volunteers we get all the time for... Uh, you know, the St. George Marathon, the Senior Games, Huntsman World Senior Games, and uh, other, uh, you know, the, the, the 70.4, uh, 70.3 uh, Ironman, uh, and all the different events, the Art Festival, all the different events that take volunteers to make it happen. I promise you these events would go away if we didn't have volunteers. And some of you might say, hey, I don't, I don't really want those events here. Well, I guess if you don't want them, then you don't want them. But uh, a lot of people do, as evidenced by how many people uh, turn out to help. And uh, I think that that is inside all of us. Even the most broken people still have a desire to reach out and uh, help someone uh, Help someone else. Uh, kind of a little funny story. The other day, uh, uh, went to a, a restaurant and... Um, I got. I was kind of privy to a conversation. A guy said uh, he he'd, uh, ordered. I guess he was a regular, and uh, the uh, the person at the counter said, "Oh, you just want your usual, which is a soft drink and a and a burger." And the guy said, "Ah, no, I, I just a drink today. I, I can't afford. Uh, I can't afford the burger." And a few minutes later, they. They brought the guy a little sack and with a burger in it and, and a soft drink and the and the guy's like well, what's this I didn't I didn't order a burger and the uh, guy that had helped him the uh, the cashier said oh it's on me today and the guy said I think you misunderstood me when I said I couldn't afford a burger I meant on my diet I didn't mean I couldn't afford it financially and we all had a good laugh and uh, you know as I I was uh, privy to the conversation I, the whole thing was kind of funny but. Uh, yeah, sometimes we can't afford to eat things, and it's, it has nothing to do with money. Uh, we do have some cool contests coming up uh, right now. Going on is the Cash and Cruise giveaway. I've been playing the old uh, cruise ship Foghorn, and so far we have four qualifiers still. 44 cabins available. Uh, one of the winners today uh, got the Cash Cabin. Uh, there are five cash cabins where you went instantly win $89. Robbie won one of those today. Uh, our other t- qualifier today was Janae, Brenda, and Gary are both in. Uh, and I, I don't know that I've explained very well how you win the big prize. We're having a party on June 11th, a cash and cruise party, where all the 48 qualifiers and a plus one from them uh, can come and have free food and drinks and just kind of have a little party atmosphere. And then we're going to do the drawing, and that'll include the first prize, of course, the cash, the cruise giveaway, the $1,500 cruise 
Uh, it will also include some secondary prizes, a, a couple of nights uh, in Hawaii, uh, a trip, uh, a, a mesquite hotel and dinner, and uh, Tuacon tickets and dinner. So we have some prizes lined up and a big party that will be taking place on June 11th. You do have to either be present to win or uh, Arrange with me a proxy for someone to stand in for your place if you were to win the prize. Other promotions we have going on. Sting in concert in Las Vegas, early part of next month. We've got I've got five pairs of tickets to that I'll be giving away. Also have a couple of tickets to the Monster Truck Thunder Show at the Washington County Fairgrounds. That is also the early part of next month. I'll be giving those uh, tickets away as well. Seems like there was something else. But uh, yeah, lots and lots of fun stuff giving away here on KDXU as we uh, try to uh, reward you for listening to us. Thank you for doing that. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in today. You've got a lot of cool stuff going on, but I did want to spend just a couple of minutes talking about this story came across the newswire today, and I uh, almost in disbelief read it. Uh, I don't think I've read it on the air yet, but I read it to myself, and I was just like, are you kidding me? All right, uh, Northern Utah. So this is this didn't happen in you know Florida or New York or even you know like Boston or L.A. This happened in Utah, Lehigh, as a matter of fact. Uh, and I'll read you the story, and then we'll talk about it. Utah teachers being investigated after posting a TikTok video describing inappropriate conversations with students. But the news story, by the way, I left a word out said possibly inappropriate conversations with students. The executive director of Renaissance Academy confirmed yesterday that teacher Jenna Hall has been placed on leave while the school investigates the video. In the video, Hall said that she identifies as queer and that young students often sought her out as a safe space to discuss gender and sexual identity. The video started going viral last week and led to calls of concern from people uh, in the school and people that have nothing to do to the, with the school. Uh, this lady decided that she was going to carry the banner for LGBTQI plus whatever and uh, be a quote unquote safe space for all the kids to come and ask whatever questions they wanted to ask of her. And uh, I'm reading the story and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, what does she teach? What is her class? What What is her area of special? Is it English? Is it math? Is it, uh, I don't know, social studies, geography, physics? I doubt that. Uh, PE? What, what does she teach that qualifies her to be an expert on gender relations? Because she's, quote, queer? That gives her the right to teach our children about being queer about uh, gender identity. What grade does she teach? It doesn't say in there. I'm assuming high school, but I don't know. Renaissance is probably one of those K K twelve schools. Probably uh, you know an academy that teaches them right from an early age. So she probably teaches you know fifth graders at one time. Uh, 11th graders another time and then you know another part of the day she might teach a kindergarten class i i I don't again i don't understand now i'm not unrealistic teachers have personalities and they're allowed to be who they are and quite frankly the best teachers i had in my uh, education were teachers who let their personalities shine shared just a little bit of personal uh, uh feelings uh and then and then taught with with taught something they believed in. 
but they taught it from the book. They taught it from the the area of their expertise of which they went to college for. And, and so, like I said, I'm not unrealistic in thinking, hey, you can't possibly, you know, you can't possibly teach uh, uh, without showing personality. That, that doesn't make sense. No, I understand that. You got to show some personality. But what in the world gives this lady the right to, or the expertise for that matter, to teach on gender relations, to talk with kids, take kids aside and say, hey, I noticed you seem kind of gay. Would you like to be gay? Or I noticed that uh, you like uh, frilly stuff, young man. Would you like to be a tranny? I can help you with that. I know people. Do you see what I'm doing? Do you see what I'm talking about? It's just like if if your teacher saw your, your student and said, uh, well, he looks like he could be a serial killer. Well, I have some expertise on death. So why don't you come over to my house and I'll show you how to kill somebody. I'm not saying <laughs> somebody out there is going, he just said gay people are killers. No, I didn't say that. What I said was you don't have the right teacher to teach my kids anything except what you went to college to teach them. There, there's no reason for you to go out in the weeds, so to speak. Whether your hobby is LGBTQ rainbow, whatever, or your hobby is collecting grasshoppers, you don't have the right, especially not, especially if you haven't talked to me first as a parent. What in the world thinks you can do that to, to my child? Now, truthfully, there are parents nowadays who don't care. They just want their kid to be gone for seven hours a day. They don't care. I understand that, and, and that's, that's sad to me. If, if all school is is a babysitter for you, your kids are going to be screwed up. And, 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 and I'm sad, and I'm, I'm disappointed, and I saw it when my kids were in school. We would go to assemblies, or we would go to award ceremonies or whatever, and the parents were either not there or they were not there mentally, or they showed up, but they had clearly other things going. Or, you know, some of them were just freakish. Um, and, and I, I maybe, maybe I'm evil for this, but I remember meeting a few of the parents of the kids and thinking, what chance does this cat kid have to have a normal life seeing what I'm seeing right now? And then you, okay, so you have the absentee parents and the weird parents and you have, okay, it happens. And then you have a teacher out there, this Jenna Hall at Renaissance Academy in Lehigh, Utah, where my mom uh, went to high school. Uh, you have this lady going, hey, you know what? If you're feeling like you need to, to express yourself, if, if, you know what? Hey, I see you wearing that uh, pink shirt today. Let's have a conversation on TikTok, no, mind you. Let's have a conversation about being gay. Let's have a conversation about wearing a dress, guys, or girls who maybe don't want to wear a dress anymore. And, and I just, it just makes me sick. Number one, the parents have failed if they're letting their kids be that influenced by teachers. And number two, teachers completely have failed, and the administrators have failed us for letting teachers like that 
be that influ- influential in our kids' lives. Like I said, I'm not unrealistic. I understand parents uh, or uh, teachers have to have their personalities. They have to teach from the heart. But there's no excuse, no reason ever for them to lead my child to uh, an area that I don't feel is right. Never. Especially if they haven't talked to me first. Especially if they haven't talked to me first. Oh, man, we used the time up really quick today. Back in tomorrow. It's a Wednesday. Thanks for listening today. 9.59. I guess we got to check in with news now, huh? I'm going to take the radio away from you.